Good morning, church family. This morning we're reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Please follow along behind me on the screen. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Acacia. For the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Uh, let me lead us in prayer again as we, um, as we come to God's word. You pray with me. Uh, our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for um, the way you love to reveal yourself to us, the way you do that so clearly in your word. And um, I, I pray that uh, you would be working powerfully amongst us by your spirit. Please um, help us both to hear and to know how you would love us to respond to um, uh, what uh, you are teaching us this morning. Um, please inspire and encourage us to keep uh, growing towards maturity in Christ and to serve him uh, as, we, as we love him and, uh, and love others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, thank you so much again for this opportunity to, to share with you this morning. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a privilege to be able to teach from the Bible as well as to meet you. Many um, of you are new to me, but I do um, know lots of you as well. As I look around the room, uh, see some graduates of ES and, and, um, and friends as well, so it's great to reconnect. The, um, the passage we have today is... Uh, it's the opening prayer and commendation of the Thessalonian church, and I've chosen it because I think it is one of those really great parts of the scriptures that can help us keep focused on the things that God really cares about. Uh, we often hear Paul saying, I pray for you in his letters. It's just the, you sort of expect it. You open up one of Paul's letters and you expect to hear that he's saying, I'm praying for you uh, in, in this way. But the brilliant thing is that as he does so, he al almost always goes on to tell us what he's praying. Uh, unlike us, sometimes we can just say, yes, I'll, I'll pray for you. And, and we don't really um, say much more than that. Paul sees these as teaching opportunities, a teaching moment, um, which... Uh, focus his, focuses his original hearers and us uh, to remember what really matters to God. And as Paul prays in this opening to his letter to the Thessalonians, he helps us to understand what it is that is on uh, high on God's uh, schedule, on his uh, list of priorities, on his agenda, so to speak. 
Um, now, that is very helpful because uh, I'm going to suggest that God is the boss. I um, uh, think that if that's true, then knowing what he as the boss really cares about and what's, what, what's on his agenda can give us a sense of real clarity and purpose about the way we go about life in his service, in all the different ways that we do that. Um, so that's how I want to begin today, by thinking a little bit about the boss's schedule and his agenda, as well as our own, and how those two things go together. Uh, so as, as Jamie mentioned, if you've been here at church for a while, you may know Jeff Flynn as the one who would normally be sharing or speaking about uh, ES or uni ministry. Jeff um, is now in a new role, senior pastor of Trinity Church Adelaide, and um, I'm actually doing what Jeff used to do. Um, so my role's changed significantly across this year, um, now overseeing the uni ministry, um, not just on a campus, but across the region now, and that's been a really big change for me. I've, I've had um, uh, lots of change that's been really enjoyable, some new challenges, of course, some different opportunities, but this has been, for me, a year where I've really been thinking a lot about schedules and agendas and priorities. Many of you have probably gone through big changes in circumstances at different points in life. Um, if you haven't, you certainly will at some point. I'm not just talking about changes in your work situation, but also think about changes in life stage. Things like moving from school to uni, um, maybe moving out, your family situation changes, everyone leaves home or something like that. Uh, you, you move to live in a new place, you get a pet. All of these things um, can have really drastic changes on your schedule and your agenda and your priorities. Um, and I think, actually, these big change moments, they can be really good. They force us uh, to ask questions like, what actually am I meant to be doing with my time? What are the essential things to do? What are the things I don't need to do anymore? Uh, what do I need help with? What do I need to empower others to be doing? And so on. The thing that 1 Thessalonians helps us to see is that becoming a Christian is one of those big life changes, perhaps the biggest life change that anyone will go through. And that's because becoming a Christian means uh, getting a new job because you have a new boss. In verse 9, uh, if you look at verse 9, uh, we read, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. You see, a Christian is someone who has the new job, the new privilege, the new responsibility, however you want to look at it, of serving the living and true God while we wait for the return of our master, the risen Lord Jesus. No matter what kind of uh, promotion, change in responsibility, change in life circumstances, um, you, you get or ever have, this kind of puts it in perspective. Like, this is a big one. There really isn't a higher calling or a greater privilege than to be chosen by God, as we read in verse 4, and called to serve Him. Like, that's amazing. None of us deserve that, but it's what God loves doing. Calling people to turn from idolatry, from uh, worthless ways of living, and to turn and serve the living and true God. And as you'd expect, that kind of change in role or with that new job, it comes with a whole new agenda and priorities. 
And this is what Paul recognises in his prayer, and it's what he thanks God for. Uh, He says they have a new way of working. Their way of working now is work produced by faith. They labour differently, or to different ends. They they labour prompted by love. And they go on in their service of God, inspired by their hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. This doesn't mean that they all become missionaries or pastors like Paul. Many of them presumably keep doing what they were doing the week before the gospel turned their lives upside down. But everything they do now is done differently. They, we read in verse 6, have become imitators of Paul and his friends Silas and Timothy and of the Lord. They've become a model, actually, for others in the region to imitate, and the message of the gospel uh, rings out from their little community uh, to be known everywhere, according to verse 8. So, the opportunity for all of us this morning is to consider how aligned our lives are to the bosses priorities and agenda, the particular ones that we see on show here in 1 Thessalonians 1. How am I meant to be using my time and resources? What am I meant to be doing? What do I need to stop doing? And all those sorts of questions. And to do that, let's dig further in to see what God's agenda is. Uh, So, God's agenda as we see it in 1 Thessalonians 1. Uh, The picture we get, and this is the way I'll kind of want to try and capture or summarize uh, what we see here, um, The picture we get in this chapter is that God really cares to see His Word and Gospel go out and impact lives. That's kind of the big picture thing we see in 1 Thessalonians 1. God really cares to see His Word and Gospel go out and impact lives. It's what Paul celebrates and thanks God for, and it's the particular thing that he commends the Thessalonians for being involved in themselves. It's just threaded right throughout the whole chapter. Now, if that's right, if that's God's agenda in this moment of history, this time between Jesus' resurrection and His return, then that's very helpful for us as we go about organising our own lives and priorities. One way to think about this, to think about how we can can organise our lives and priorities, is to think about how can I have an effective working relationship with God the boss? Um, Like, if God is the boss... Uh, we have the great privilege of serving Him, then like all great working relationships, we need to know a couple of things. We need to know firstly, where's the boss leading? Like, what's his project? What's he trying to get done? And secondly, how do we helpfully contribute towards making the project a success? Who's meant to do what as part of this team? Where the boss is leading is quite straightforward. We've been talking about that. Uh, As we've already said, God's uh, sent His Word and His Gospel out. He wants it to impact lives. He's on about taking people from uh, serving idols towards serving Him and and everything that flows from that. That's where He's leading. But that second question, how do we effectively contribute and play our part in God's great project? Well, uh, I want to suggest two things. First, we call upon God and, and let God do the things that only He can do. Uh, that is, we rely on Him to do all the things that uh, only God does. Um, but then we also want to see there are a number of things that God invites us into doing as well. Um, so let's just talk about those in turn. Uh, in this passage, we see that God is key to this whole wonderful project because 
Uh, He does all of the really amazing and impossible things. For example, God chooses us to be part of His family. Uh, That is something which requires God's initiative. We can't just muscle our way into God's family. We need an invitation, uh, which is what Paul celebrates in verse 4, that God has done this, that He's called us uh, to be part of His family. Just as God chose Paul and called him to to new life in Jesus, so too these Thessalonians have become brothers and sisters to Paul because God has chosen them. And so, you see, Paul directs his thanks to whom it belongs. In verse 2, he says, we always thank God because of all of you. The proof of God's choice is that the word of God and the gospel has taken deep root in their lives and moved them from death to life, from idolatry to serving the living and true God. This too is a miraculous work of God by His Holy Spirit. In verse 5 we read, the gospel comes to them not just with words but with power, the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Those three are probably not meant to be individual things on a list or kind of like a, a process but rather different ways of speaking of the same thing, three things, uh, the same thing spoken of in three different ways. That is, the Word came into their lives with Holy Spirit power and deep conviction that only God's Spirit can work. And of course, all of this work of the Holy Spirit and Gospel focuses us and centres us on God the Son, who is our hope, in verse 3 and in verse 10, the one who rescues us from the coming wrath. Okay, so lots of things that that only God does, and so we call on Him and trust that He will keep on doing that great work that He loves doing. But note also that we are not unimportant in this great project, by God's grace. There are many ways in which God graciously uses and encourages our participation in His work of seeing His Word and Gospel going out and impacting and changing people's lives. In verse 5, we see how God brings the gospel to the Thessalonians through Paul and his friends. They bring the gospel to this part of Greece and the Spirit takes that gospel message and turns the Thessalonians' world upside down as a result. And then we read that they too become a proclaiming community. The Thessalonians themselves become people like Paul and his friends were. They are people in verse 8 through whom the Lord's message rang out to the surrounding regions of Macedonia and Achaia. And God is so kind in making their efforts fruitful and their gospel sharing uh, gets talked about and heard about everywhere. Your faith in God has become known everywhere, Paul says at the end of verse 8. How that happened, we're not told exactly or in in every detail. Perhaps some of them became missionaries and church planters, planters like Paul and Silas and Timothy, but Certainly, many of the Thessalonians just became enthusiastic sharers of the gospel in their neighbourhoods, in their workplaces, in their families, in their travels to different regions uh, with their friends. Our culture might prefer us to keep faith as a private matter, but that, I hope we can see, uh, is not key to God's agenda It's a good thing when people everywhere know about our faith in God. 
Ideally, not because we're being annoying or self-righteous or because there's some kind of controversy, although I suspect God is able to use those things from time to time, but for good reason, because people are hearing about the way that God has taken our lives and turned them upside down, taken us towards serving the living and true God and waiting for His Son to return. And just sharing that with people all over the place. Um, so that's a really important way that we contribute in this. The other, the other imp, uh, important um, place we see a human response is actually in the human response of verse 9, where we see that people turn from God, uh, so not turn from God, turn to God from idols, um, other direction. It's that great picture of what repentance is. Uh, repentance, uh, often a very uh, religious sounding word, but simply means turning around from one uh, trajectory towards another. Uh, This is such a great picture of it here, isn't it? Turning from idols, from serving uh, literally false gods to the living and true God. Their lives are now oriented towards God in His service. And uh, the the last way I want to point out a human response is that they become models. In verse 7, we read that they become models of a life lived in service to God. Um, That's a human activity that is so important in seeing God's Word and Gospel go out and change lives because it helps people see what the truth and reality of the Gospel looks like as it's lived in practice. We don't want to be people who just know academically that Jesus is Lord, that He's rescued us from the coming wrath. Like, there's so many truths we could, could know academically here from this chapter, but it's amazing how Paul shows us and encourages us to be people who live that out, to live lives that fit with the truth we're trying to share and proclaim to others. Uh, that's, that's captured in, in Paul's prayer, that the, the sort of life that he wants to encourage us to live, to model, is a life lived of faith, love and hope because of who God is and what He's done. Uh, now, it's at this point, as, as Cam flagged, there would be some cameo appearances in my, um, in my talk today. And so, it's at this point that I want to give some of your own congregation members a chance to be models in every sense of the word. So, um, I've, I've asked them too, James and, and Lara, if you guys could um, come up and um, grab one of these microphones here, I think. Um, that would be really great. So, um, uh, this is one of the reasons I love uni ministry so much and, and think... Uh, it, it is so strategically uh, important in our city, is um, that it gathers young people like yourselves and, uh, and uh, at a time in life where uh, you have lots of opportunity to grow and to, and to be putting some of the things we've talked about from 1 Thessalonians 1 into practice. So I've just got a couple of questions for you. Maybe I'll come and stand at the front so I don't feel like I'm so far away from you. Um, but the, the couple of questions I've got, um, you can just take it in turns. One is just to share a favourite memory or something that's been a real highlight for you so far um, across your time at uni or with ES. Um, so... James, do you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. Um, I think one of the things I've just really enjoyed, both at uni but especially at ES, is just getting to know so many people. Um, like, yeah, ES, there's lots of great camps um, as well as just stuff that you have on every week with the same group of people. It's just a really great place where you can get to know a lot of different people from different backgrounds that you other, otherwise wouldn't meet. Hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Um, Ruben kind of stole my point about <laughs> uh, oh, the Muslim, share it again. Yeah, yeah. The, my Muslim friend who's been coming along to some things. Um, yeah, he's. I think he was uh, 
shocked by how nice the people at ES were um, when he came to the first like event um, and he just like mentioned it to me a few times just like how nice and welcoming everybody was so I think that's been a really and I've experienced that as well so that's been a favorite thing. Wonderful. Okay. Um, and the second question is just um, to, uh, if you can, reflect a little bit of how you think God is growing you as um, someone who is a proclaimer or a sharer of, of the gospel with others. Um, uh, yeah, so far across your time at uni, um, uh, Lara, would it be okay to reverse the order? Can we start with you? Um, for me, it's been like everything. Like, NYC was amazing. Um, so that's our mid-year conference? Yes, um, having yep, yep. like five days just dedicated to the cross and just really delving into what that like means for us and like all the symbolism and everything, how everything in the Bible is tied together. And also the BSGs have been... Yep, so Bible study groups. Really yep. good, yes. Yep. Sorry. There's <laughs> an acronym for everything. It's all right, yep. Um, I've just really liked getting to know people, sitting down with them for an hour every week and looking at the Bible. That's so good, isn't it? Like, so sometimes to be able to have confidence in sharing with others means knowing it really well yourself and having that chance to, to wrestle with it together and, and then to be, yeah, that just gives you confidence to share with others. Fantastic. Yep. And James? Yeah, I've just really been encouraged and also like challenged to be proactive um, in like sharing your faith. Um, like, yes, we can, you know, stand around and wait for that conversation to happen. But mm. yeah, ES has just been really good in, you know, creating events um, and, you know, encouraging us to create that conversation and keep it going with friends um, who aren't Christians um, so that, yeah, we can be constantly, you know, thinking about how do we share the gospel with them just in our everyday, like, uni setting. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Can you thank these guys for sharing and being such great models? Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, having seen, so last thing I want to talk about is some implications for us. Uh, having seen and been reminded of God's agenda to see his word and gospel uh, go out and impact lives, having thought about what that can look like for us to have an effective working relationship with God, like what's God doing, how do we contribute to um, that as part of the team, I suppose. Um, I just want to think of uh, some implications for us, two very brief thoughts to uh, to tie things together. Um, The first is, I think we can really take our lead from Paul and give thanks for the way our church's agenda lines up with God's agenda. It really stands out to me, and what I, I love is to see how positive Paul is about this Thessalonian church. I wish I could say that I continually mention my own church community in my prayers, let alone the other churches that I'm thankful for, like you guys, like I do. Um, I do pray. But to see Paul's passion and his positivity here, I wish I could have more of that. But there is an encouragement for all of us, I think, because there are many ways in which these good things are happening right here in Tonsley. There is work produced by faith, labour prompted by love, endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus. Um, This is a community where the gospel message is ringing out in many ways and you are modelling to each other what it looks like to serve the living and true God. Of course, there are always ways that we can be growing in these good things and doing better. That might be something to think about, but I reckon let's just take Paul's cue here and be thankful um, for the way these things are happening, and let that turn us towards prayer as well. Um, but I do look forward to hearing of the way your faith in God is going to become known in this region of Adelaide and beyond.
Um, so there you go. I think that's an initial implication is to follow Paul's lead, give thanks for the many ways in which the agenda of this church is aligning with God's agenda. Um, but secondly, I want to encourage all of us to be working out how to maximise the way we partner in the gospel ringing out, partner with God as we might engage with that uh, personally and, and think about how can I contribute, how can I be involved in, in some of the ways like you heard James and Lara talking about, but I'm sure all of us can share stories like that, keep going with that. Um, but the likelihood is that um, many of us won't be doing that with all of our time, uh, we'll be doing it alongside study or uh, a work of some other kind. Um, what we see in Paul and his friends is that they were set in a particular way to spend lots of their time doing the work of taking God's gospel and his word um, to see that impact lives. And uh, that has actually been part of the Christian tradition that communities have enabled some people to do that a lot um, in different contexts. It's just so that there's a way for um, all of us, even though we might not find ourselves at uni or in different parts of God's world, um, we can partner and be part of the gospel and the word of God going out and impacting lives far away from where we might normally find ourselves. Um, so there's an encouragement to think about how can I maximise the way I partner with God's gospel ringing out um, beyond um, the sphere or the, the sort of space that God has given me to occupy. Um, so there are obviously so many different ways you could do this, and my encouragement would be, um, if you haven't already, to find ways to get alongside people or ministries that are meaningful and, and that you see as being fruitful and aligned with the things that God cares about, and ones that you will care to pray for, as well as that you might give to as you are able. Um, be part of God's Word and Gospel going out and impacting lives across the world or in different um, particular contexts. Of course, like I've already commended, uh, hopefully um, partnering with what God's doing at uni, um, but find something um, and even find something new uh, if, if that's something that you're able to do at the moment, to, part, to maximise the gospel ringing out um, and, and, and being part of that uh, through prayer and through the way that you might give to support it. Okay, so there's some thoughts as we finish. Um, thankful prayer for the way our church's agenda lines up with God's uh, as well as maximising or thinking about how we can maximise uh, the gospel going out through things like partnership. Okay, let me lead us in prayer and um, we will uh, keep going. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you firstly so much for who you are, uh, for the way that you are so gracious and merciful and kind in calling people to be part of your family. Um, we thank you for the way that that has happened uh, in the lives of many of us here. And for those who are still thinking about this, still looking on and wondering what it might mean to be part of your family, I pray that you'd give them a really clear, um, a really clear uh, vision and, a, and ears to hear your invitation. Um, that the word of uh, these scriptures that we've read this morning and, and the word of the gospel uh, might be something which uh, draws them uh, into life with you. Um, for all of us, I pray that you will uh, make our lives, lives which are shaped by uh, faith, love and hope, that we would model that to others and that we would be people who join uh, joyfully with you in proclaiming, both as individuals and as a community, um, to seeing the gospel message ring out from here uh, as far as you might um, be pleased to have it go out. 
Uh, and we pray that because we long to see others' lives impacted as well. Um, we love being your people, but we, uh, we long to see more and more come to know you and your mercy. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.